0: Hello, uh, BSCC. I want to say I hope that you are doing well. I hope your family is doing well as we continue to just navigate our way through, through this pandemic. I, I feel like every week I find myself wanting to, to begin the message by saying how grateful I am that we can come together and worship as one church many, in many, many locations, obviously right now online and here on campus, but I'm so grateful. And I'm happy that you are worshiping the Lord together now with us here at BSCC. We're going to conclude the series we've been in for uh, the last seven weeks called You Asked For It. This is a series where you turned in through a survey we did, a number of, I think, very important, helpful topics and questions. And uh, we're going to look at one more today. And then next week, I'm happy to tell you that over the next two weeks, Dr. Steve Pringle with the Akhenas Counseling Ministry that many of our families has, have been so blessed by, is going to come and he's going to teach for two weeks on how to um, have a, a healthy mind and a, a healthy heart. Uh, two weeks looking at biblical principles and choices that we make that lead to, to good, sound mental health. And I'm excited. I feel like this is God's timing for us. I know I'm going to be taking good notes as he comes and teaches, and then I'll, I'll have a third part in wrapping up that series, but I just feel like that you know, all of us have been challenged emotionally, all of us have been challenged in our attitudes and our continued outlook on things with this, with this pandemic, and so I believe it's God's timing and, uh, for this series, and I'm hoping BSCC, and I encourage you to reach out, as all of us reach out and invite people to come worship with us here on campus or online during this new series that we're starting next week. I do also feel like what we're going to be looking at from God's Word together right now maybe has never been more relevant to us than at this time in our lives. As we're going to look at the question that was turned in in this survey, how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? How does He desire to, to work in us? And so I just want to begin by saying if you're on Facebook, I'd like for you to just type in the comments, when you think of the Holy Spirit, what comes to mind? Just a couple words if you type in there and if you're here in the room as well. What do you think about when you think about the one who sometimes is referred to as the third person of the Trinity? We know the Bible teaches us that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three persons who share one essence or one nature, and I think we know quite a bit about uh, God the Father. We're able to find out, learn a lot about him. He's, he's, he's on most pages, every page there of the Old Testament and then on into the New Testament. We know about God the Son, Jesus, as we read about him, particularly on every page in the New Testament, but God the Spirit, there's, a, there's kind of a mystery there, isn't there, to, to him and his presence and working in our lives, and yet I think as, as we look in the Bible, we see that the, that the more we understand the Holy Spirit and how He works in our life, the closer we'll be able to be to God, and the more fully we will be able to accomplish the purposes of God and the plan of God for our lives. So I'm excited to share with you from the Scriptures, and I appreciate whoever turned in this, this question in the survey. So Jesus said to his disciples before he returned to heaven, he said, when I'm gone, you're going to turn the world upside down. You're going to be my witnesses, he said, not just here in Jerusalem and the surrounding Judea, but out into Samaria and out really into the, into the entire world. And I just wonder as Jesus cast that vision to his disciples, if maybe they, they didn't think to themselves, wait a minute, you know, we haven't really been that great while you've been here, Jesus. How in the world are we going to pull this off when you're gone, you know? We're just, we're just fishermen. You know, we're, we're just tax collectors and such. I mean, we, we, we don't have it in us. But Jesus made this promise to them. Let me read that promise to you from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the next chapter we read that the Holy Spirit did come in power on the day of Pentecost. And the disciples stepped out into the streets of Jerusalem where there was a big festival going on and they began to speak in languages that were foreign to them, languages that represented the people groups that were there from different countries so that everybody could understand what it is that they were saying. An incredible working of the Holy Spirit. Peter then steps forward, he begins to preach, and I just wonder as he was doing that, if he thought to himself, what am I doing? I'm preaching. <laughs> I don't preach. I'm a fisherman. I, 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 I fish, and I'm, I'm kind of known to say stupid things. You know, what, what's happening right now? And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And as Peter preached, he, he shared about history, and he shared about prophecy, and he shared about the plan of salvation the people, thousands of them, as they listened, it says there in verse 37, they, they were cut to the heart as Peter shared the good news of Jesus and what Jesus had done for them on the cross. And many of them believed that message of the cross of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 of them turned away that day from their sinful lifestyle, buried their past in the waters of baptism, were forgiven of their sins. And received the gift of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. This was a watershed moment in history. Because up until this moment, the working and presence of the Holy Spirit happened temporarily to certain individuals for specific reasons. But now, the Holy Spirit would come and dwell within the. The life of every person who chose Jesus to be their Savior and their Lord. The gift of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. There there are so many, many things that we could talk about in addressing this question. But I want, just for time purposes, to summarize them by sharing with you four primary ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. First of all, He convicts me. About the coming Holy Spirit, Jesus said this in John 16, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see Me no longer, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so Jesus says here, One of the ways the Holy Spirit is going to work is He will convict people of their sin. And church, I just would like to share with you that if you were praying about somebody who is not yet a follower of Jesus, one of the greatest things that you can pray for is their conviction, their conviction of sin. Because without that conviction... There is no sense of a need for Jesus Christ that a person would have. Without that sense of awareness of their sin, that conviction, there would be no repentance that they would desire. And without that repentance, there would be no forgiveness. And without that forgiveness, then there would be no salvation. So again, church, I would say, That as we seek to make disciples and help people come to follow Jesus Christ, one of the greatest things that we can pray for people is that there would be a conviction that the Holy Spirit would work powerfully deep within them to raise an awareness within them of their need to be forgiven of their sins by God. And I I, I got to thinking about a Sunday that we had here a few years back where we basically focus that morning on the message of the cross. That all of us have sinned. And that on the cross, that Jesus willingly, humbly laid down His life in taking our place. That we could be forgiven of our sin. That He paid in full the price in His death. That any person could be made right in his or her relationship with God through Christ. And at the end then of the message, we just invited anybody who would like to come forward to make a decision for Jesus and be baptized to do so. And we had 22 people that came down to the front that morning and were baptized during our, our services. And I from time to time, we'll think about, you know why that happened. Because I don't really remember anything unusual about the services that morning. and I don't really remember anything unusual about the message that morning. But what I do remember is the conviction that I saw in every person's face that came forward that day. As they came forward to be baptized, there's just there's just nothing like. The convicting work of the Holy Spirit. As he as he tenderly and lovingly. Shows us and helps us to understand. That we have fallen short of God's standard of perfection. And so maybe there are some here in this service that are not followers of Jesus. Maybe you're sort of investigating the Christian faith and what you believe about God. Maybe right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you in love about the way that you have been living. How how do we... How do we cooperate with this working of the Holy Spirit? Here's how we do it. We respond to the convictions. We we, we make a response to that convicting work. And so I just want to invite, if there's any here online, any here in person that are feeling a conviction about talking with one of our ministers here about your need for Jesus, your relationship with Jesus, if you would just take out your phone and we're going to put a number up on the screen and just text response to that number that you see there. We cooperate with the convicting work of the Holy Spirit by responding to those convictions. And let me just say that this working of the Holy Spirit doesn't stop once a person makes a faith decision for Christ the Spirit then as he lives within us continues to convict us and draw us back to that path that God has us to walk that is the path of right living and holy living before God and and with God and I just know in my own personal life that when I have responded in obedience to that convicting work of the Holy Spirit it's led to an increase of peace and joy within me and clarity about life. And there's many, many other things we could talk about regarding the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. But I have three other ways that I'd like to just emphasize in in how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Second, He teaches us. Also, Jesus says about the coming Holy Spirit, these words in John 14, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Now, the primary way that the Holy Spirit teaches us would be through the Scriptures, through applying the Scriptures to our lives. But He also teaches us at times just directly in speaking to our mind, to our spirit. He teaches us through others. It might be through a parent. It might be through a pastor. It might be through a a member of your small group his purpose in teaching us is transformation that is he teaches us the truth about god and about life and about jesus and and who we are in christ that his desire is that the result will be that we'll live more wisely that we will be conformed more and more to the likeness of Jesus Christ on the inside in our character and and in our conduct, how do we cooperate with this working of the Holy Spirit? We do so by actively seeking to renew our mind. That's how we do it. Let me read this verse to you. Romans 12.2 Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. And so the more and more that you renew your mind about the truth from God's Word and what He has to say to you, the more that you are inviting and welcoming the teaching ministry and working of the Holy Spirit in your life. I just want to share with you a quote from Pastor Mike Brough as he describes how the Bible talks about who you and I, who we are in Jesus Christ. He writes, God's Word says that I am God's child, that I am Christ's friend. Did you know that about yourself? I've been justified. I've been bought with a price. I'm a member of Christ's body. I've been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God. I've been forgiven of all my sin. I'm complete in Christ. I'm free forever from condemnation. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. I'm a personal spirit-empowered witness of Christ. I'm a temple of God. I'm a minister of reconciliation for God. I'm God's co-worker. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms I am God's masterpiece. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is what the Holy Spirit has to say in His Word about you in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the deal. We are either going to think about the truth of who we are in Christ, or we're going to think about who we used to be and live according to the pattern and principles of this fallen world. The choice is ours. God has given us an amazing capacity to choose what we will think about. And the Holy Spirit will work in our lives to teach us and to remind us of God's truth about ourselves. But He will not think for us, you see. He leaves that up to to us. And this is why it is so very important that we continue to seek to renew our minds to a whole new way of thinking. Let me share with you a third wonderful way that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Third, He comforts us. I want to share with you probably my favorite way that the Holy Spirit comforts us. I'd like for you to read this verse with me. Romans eight 16. Let's read this together. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit whispers into our spirit that place deep within us that very few people really are able to penetrate and say to us, you are God's child. So you don't need to live in fear of God. You don't need to live in fear of your circumstances. That in the storms of life, the Holy Spirit will whisper and speak down deep into your spirit. Don't be afraid. You're God's child. He sees you. He cares about you. It's going to be okay. The preceding verse, then verse 15 Describes how this comforting work of the Holy Spirit influences, how it impacts us. Let me read this. And by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, we've talked about this term before. This term term, Abba here is a a, a term of intimacy that would best be understood by meaning, you know, dad or daddy to us. That as the Holy Spirit comforts us, he, He reassures us and reminds us that, that uh, God is not just a, a great, incredible God with incredible power, but that in Christ, He is my dad. And that means He uses His incredible greatness and in His incredible power to care for me. And I just wanted to share, really in celebration and thanksgiving with the church, that this working of the Holy Spirit has been very special to me in recent weeks and months. That there's just been many wonderful moments where in a time maybe of fear that I've had or in a time of frustration that I've had or a time of uncertainty or maybe confusion, that the Spirit of God has just spoken to me, not audibly, but spoken to my spirit something like, Dave, you're a child of God. You don't understand things right now, but you will someday. Maybe not here on earth, but in the life to come. But Dave, in the meantime, just rest in the confidence that you have in God as His child. Just just rest, Dave, in the confidence that you have in the goodness of God, in the goodness of God's plans for you. Just, Just rest right there, Dave be comforted this is not how it's going to end for you this is not this season will will pass you're a co-heir with jesus christ you will inherit the you god's eternal kingdom and so i just pass that on to you as well church to just just rest just in this difficult season be reminded you are children of God and that because of that truth, everything is going to be just fine. Everything is going to be okay. Well, a fourth way the Holy Spirit works in our life that I would like to emphasize is that he empowers us. Included in his prayer to the, for the Christians in Ephesus, Paul, Paul says this. In Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of His glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So Paul says, "I, I pray that you will be made powerful at the very core of your being, not through your own efforts, but through the working of the Holy Spirit. And So I'd like to ask you a very important question. Are you attempting to do something that just simply cannot be done apart from the Holy Spirit? What sin are you trying to overcome? What what difficult person are you attempting to love? What what important decision do you have to make? What challenging area are you wanting to grow in? What wearisome task are you attempting to achieve? Would, Would you agree with me that there are just some things that that need a power source to be able to function you know you think of a refrigerator a television a a computer you just you know they've got to be plugged into something they need a power source and when we come to god through jesus christ we 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 are given this incredible power source that we're able to plug into that the holy spirit is this just this built-in source of of unending supply of strength and power to be able to live life to the very fullest with God and for God, that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to make the right decisions in your life, that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to walk away from temptation, that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to forgive somebody that you just do not feel like forgiving. That the Holy Spirit will give you the power to stare fear right in the face and move forward with courage. That the Holy Spirit will give you the power to say the right thing at the right time in the right way. That He'll give you the power to love unconditionally. That the Holy Spirit will give you the power to handle bad news with a deep-seated faith and peace of mind. That the Holy Spirit will... Give you the power to love how you look despite what the culture is saying about you. That the Holy Spirit will give you the power to persevere and to just not give up in doing what is good. Confident that anything that you do for the Lord will never be in vain. This is is just a supernatural power. It's the same power to raise Jesus from the dead. This is what you have inside of you when you have the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. Do you see why I was saying I do think that perhaps now more than ever before this question that was turned in is is more relevant for us how the holy spirit works in our life how how we cooperate with him and so i just want to close with one more thought about the holy spirit and his working i want to i want to introduce the thought with a story you some may know uh, about saint augustine one of one of the church fathers who's just seen as a a person that really helped shape Christian thought and Christian doctrine. But I, I learned something about him that he was actually quite far from God for a while as a young person in his life. That He, he wandered spiritually. His mother, Monica, loved him dearly. She had a, a heavy, heavy heart for her son because of the direction of his life. She found out that he wanted to move to Italy. And she got down on her knees and she just prayed fervently that God would not let that happen. Because she believed that if her son left home and he, he moved to Italy that he would, just, he would just get in more trouble and deeper into sin. And so this just became her specific request that she made to God. But God did not answer that prayer. And Augustine went to Italy. And while living there, that's when he began to know and love and follow Jesus Christ. And so his mother did not know how she ought to pray for her son. And for that reason, God did not answer her specific prayer that he might answer instead, her lifelong prayer. And I share that story with you because if the Holy Spirit is going to to work in your life in all of the ways that he wants to, you're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to trust in His plans. Let me ask you a question: As a follower of Jesus, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you just didn't know what to say to God, and you just come to Him, and you're like, "God, I, I don't even know what to pray," and you just cry, you sigh, you 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 groan. Do you know how the Holy Spirit works? In our lives, in those moments, he, he takes those those groans and those tears and he forms them into a prayer for us. We read about this in Romans eight. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So when you are overwhelmed in your life and in your weakness, the Holy Spirit will represent you before the Father. And say to Him, Father, this is what Your child is trying to say. This is what he, what, what she needs to pray to, to You about right now. And the Holy Spirit shapes and forms this prayer into the will of God for You. And we know that God loves to answer prayers with a yes. Prayers that are shaped and formed according to His... his uh, will for our lives. I mean, wow. We just think about what an advocate we have for us in the Holy Spirit. What, what a helper we have. What a, what a counselor we have in the Holy Spirit. How God must love you and me that He would choose to live within us through the Holy Spirit. I close with these words from Pastor Max Lucado who wrote, God could live anywhere in the entire universe, but He chose to set up residency in your heart. Face it, friend. He's crazy about you. Let's pray. Oh God, we rejoice greatly in this moment of worship as we consider the depth of the love that You have shown us in the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we want to say to You now, Spirit, we welcome You. Fill us, lead us. Empower us, teach us. I pray for every person who's come into this time of worship weary, fearful, burdened that Holy Spirit, You would comfort them with the reassurance that God made them in His image, that He loves them unconditionally, in an unfailing way. I thank You for every person who is worshiping right now in this service, that they might receive a fresh working of Your Holy Spirit upon them. You know what we need, God. And we thank You that through the Holy Spirit that we're able to receive what we need to grow in our faith, to live more fully with You and for You according to the purposes and plans that You have for us. That is our prayer. And we thank You that we can pray that with confidence as we come to You in the name of